I think you should do the, I think the intro should sound like that. Advil Head Medicine presents <laughs> the Stephen Head Podcast. Get out. You hate when I work a sponsor's name into the show. <laughs> I don't hate it, but I know you would actually do it. I, I think we should just go with the Stephen Head Show. You want to just keep it simple? It's either that or the top dollar show. Stephen Ed show sounds like what our parents would accuse us of doing if they caught us talking on these type of topics. Hey, are you guys done with the Stephen Ed show? You ready for dinner? You guys done solving the world's problem? That's kind of good. That's actually, it's actually kind of good. I mean, that's what your parents would say, right? Yeah, that's what they would say. Oh, look, they're doing the Stephen Ed show again. A big, a big whoop to do for the public. I mean, it literally is the Stephen Ed show and no one else has that. You just call it the podcast. No, we have to have a name. We have to have a name. I know I know who can decide. I'll text Mike Bodge. He does marketing for a living. Oh. He's a smart guy. So Bodge Bodge says the Stephen Ed show sounds Z Z Z Z Z. It says uh yeah, we're recording. We're recording. It's live. It's it's real. Live. It's real Are news. You, well, I saw you drinking a stout the other day so i guess your no booze thing is off uh yeah i drank a stout a great big stout um how did that go with the crawfish because that's not a pairing i would normally think of uh, they're both delicious but i don't know about together that's the first time i've ever eaten crawfish so it was very exciting you're lying no that was it um did you cook them you guys steamed them yourself no well we cheated in a bad way right um I bought them frozen. <laughs> From where? Uh, our supermarket. Our supermarket had them in the frozen section. I didn't even uh, know you could get those frozen. So uh, I steamed them, but uh, they were pre-seasoned and frozen. So they weren't they weren't great. And you know- uh, Did you have to let them defrost first before or did you throw them right into the hot bath? Well, I, I let them defrost first and then uh, we steamed them for five minutes. But They're I gotta say- rubbery. I gotta say- I, I'm pretty sure in Louisiana, they don't steam them, they boil them. I think you're right about that. Because it's traditionally called sucking heads. Yep. Or at least... <laughs> that's that's how it was uh, described to me once. But I, I'll say this about the stout, though, and I, I'll put this on record. Stout mm-hmm. is A stout beer is pretty good with anything spicy. Yeah, because you get that chocolatey characteristic in the yeah. stout. It kind of kind of knocks the spice down, keeps you going. See, I would go with like, I would probably do like a Mexican lager. Or as you know, I'll do an IPA with anything, which is not, IPA will enhance the spice. Remember when we used to put the hot sauce in the Coronas? Micheladas. Today's show is sponsored by Valentina Hot Sauce. Tell, tell, tell the audience what you do with that. With the beer? Yeah, with the beer. What do you do with Valentina? So it's 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 not something that we made up, but it's called a michelada. It's a Mexican style drink. It's like a beer. I mean, it's just a beer with like a hot sauce. But you gotta get a good one. You gotta do like tapatio or Valentina. It's gotta have that liquid consistency. It's like a sauce, not a salsa. So like any type of like Latin hot sauce will work. Pour it into the glass. There's different ways that people do them. You can look it up. Cheladas. Best, best for done sure. with a beer that is lackluster to begin with, folks. No, Corona's a good beer. Tecate's a good beer. Modelo's good. I mean, good like a light lager type. Yeah, I mean, you described ports, porters and stouts as the sweater of beer once. I don't know if I'm craving that <laughs> on a hot July afternoon. I uh, I will drink. Oh, I can just go for a punishing double peanut butter chocolate stout right now. I will drink a stout before and after a workout on a hot day. That's no you problem. You would. I would drink Guinness pretty much year-round. Guinness is good. I do like Guinness. Guinness is great. We uh we did a 30-mile bike ride one day, and it was supposed to have a barbecue at the end where uh, there was free beer and all this stuff. It was a big event. And uh, we we got there, and by the time we got there, the only uh, beer they had was uh, the Goz, or is it Goze? Gozy? Goz? Sour beer? I think it's just Goz. Um, it goes in the trash because it sucks. <laughs> um, I know you want to talk about your weight loss journey for the next hour, but we'll get back to it. I thought you had uh, some kind of a uh, big opener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you love podcasting. Wow. Yeah, the guy who fought it. A bold statement. That's a bold statement, but I think it's true. I started I have, this podcast with shaming podcasts. Who, we did? I did, this this episode. 
Right, because you want to be the only podcast. It's true. It's true. You I want love to win podcasting. by attrition. You, you love it. I have not gotten so many response texts from you in the last five years of our friendship is until we started this podcast again. My I'll apologies a, in advance. Well, it's fine. I don't care because a lot of times I think I send things that don't really require a response, but I've never gotten just so many like, wow, Ed's, Ed's into it. He's spending. Well, you know what? You, you know what primed this whole uh, podcast thing though, right? The pandemic. So you have, you have Donald Trump to thank for this. Two weeks in, I was freaking out because uh, I was miserable. Because you needed attention. I was freaking the fuck out, and uh, <laughs> I just need to entertain people. I just, I just need to be loved by the public. I had, I had not talked shit to anybody in two weeks, and uh, man, well, who, who better than me? I, I think it, I think it was making me nuts. And then I just kind of gave up. I said, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just, you know, I just, uh, I crumbled. So crumbled like a week, like a weakling. Yeah. So the. And, you crumbled, you started losing weight, you stopped drinking, you just became a shell of yourself, riding bikes everywhere. <laughs> so I think you love podcasting. I don't think you can get enough of it. I think I'm socially deprived, and this is actually the one time a week I actually talk to somebody that's not a coworker. I mean, are your coworkers cool? Cued you up for that one. Well, I no, I, I mean, I, I think... I think you do love podcasting because this you could do this podcast without editing it for five hours. No. You could do it like the way I was doing my old one where it was a tightrope no. because I knew I wouldn't have time to edit it. Just for, uh, for the listeners out there, I spend five hours a week editing this so that you don't have to hear the boring parts. I got another hot take for you, Edmund. What do you got? I think, I think you enjoy politics. I do. I do. I fucking hate politics. I, I, as an adult, my disclaimer is you have to participate. I don't, uh, I get anxiety by, behind the whole thing. I don't like any, I don't like any of them. I'm fascinated by three things. Uh, I'm fascinated by the human brain. Yep. I'm fascinated by manipulation. Yep. And I'm fascinated by propaganda. I'm frustrated by all three of those things. It turns out people are extremely easy to manipulate. You just say the same thing over and over again. Doesn't yep. matter if it's true or not. That's all yep. it takes. Yep. Um, appeal to emotions rather than facts. Done. That's yep. that's propaganda in a nutshell. I think this. I think the biggest problem right now is that there's so many people that don't know how to discern whether the news they're getting is actual news or if it's made up. People going on and sharing shit on Instagram from like like some YouTube bozo. Like literally, if I made a news channel today and was like. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna make up shit and put it on YouTube. But I'm wearing I'm wearing a suit and I can speak well. I have proper etiquette, so people will believe me. You don't want to wear a suit. You want to wear a baseball cap. You want to sit in your car and you want to yell into your phone. That's that's how it's done. Well, there's that. But I've I've seen other people that are now like they they think they're getting news, but it's literally like made up. Like did did you know Joe Biden is actually an alien? No, he really like, and it's like, oh, geez. good rule of thumb when it comes to internet news. If it if it looks like it's going to be a clip of some footage, and you click on it, and it starts with somebody talking about something, you've you've been bait and switched by some kind of asshole. That's not news. See, I get I get that. I don't ever fall for that type of stuff. I tell people all the time, you need to watch where you get your news from. They'll be like, what do you mean? I'll be, I'll be like, Lou, stop getting your news on Facebook. Stop getting your news on YouTube. Get yourself a Washington Post subscription. I literally bought someone a Washington Post subscription because I think they had the right ideas, but they just were getting the news from like the wackiest places. And I was like, you know what? Let me help this guy out. He's a good guy. So there's, there's two very interesting uh, things on this. Um, one is simple. Uh, people have already started clamoring about it. Uh, the Social Dilemma uh, documentary on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I haven't watched it yet. I've so, been kind of avoiding it. Should I? Should we watch it? And no, it? I'll tell you exactly what it's getting at, right? The Social Dilemma is basically uh, algorithms are vying for your attention online, right? And they will serve you up whatever you are interested in, whether it's true or not. But it'll increasingly give you those things, which means it feeds into your bias Right. More and more rather than bring you back. So if you're to the left, it's going to push you further. And if you're to the right, it's going to push you further. Back. Right. So it, 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 it magnifies polarization. Now, 
what's interesting is uh this is this is kind of the flip side of it um matt taibbi had a book earlier this year called hate incorporated in hate inc it's it's a series of uh shorter articles he wrote on the topic but his underlying theme in that was the news used to be dominated by three or four television networks and they were all competing for all of america right so they would never post anything that that went too far out of out of the norm because they didn't want to alienate viewers they were all trying to get the same you know 200 million viewers mm. to watch their channel when cable came out and cable news started coming out if they were trying to compete with those free networks they fell on their face because those networks already dominated that market share so what they found was if they went for a niche topic or a niche viewpoint of the news they could actually drive viewership that way so fox news found if they were just a hair conservative they would get more and more viewers um cnn is also a fairly conservative news channel so fox just kept driving more and more in the conservative direction to nowadays i mean they're for the most part it's kind of a clown car over there on the other hand you had you had channels like msnbc that said well we can't go after that conservative voice there's already two channels catering to it uh we're gonna we're gonna push left um the real joke of the whole thing though is is all of those channels are still being sponsored by insurance companies pharmaceutical companies they're all getting paid from the same source so their their news is skewed but it's so superficially skewed that they'd rather have you arguing over uh how to say merry christmas or happy holidays than uh anything of actual substance uh none of them are clamoring for any actual solutions to anything so if you take that you have a a polarizing effect with cable news and then the people who watch cable news go on the internet to verify and then those algorithms are actually serving them up even more polarized information so you have this hyperpolarization of america but what's fascinating is when you talk to people about actual issues they know nothing about them they're just they're just wildly polar opposites without having any idea how anything works with anything people are just wildly misinformed or uninformed i feel like we get in the show right there <laughs> It's just fucking garbage. I feel like you just smoked it right there. I got, I mean, there's no conversation left to be had on the topic. <laughs> so yeah, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by politics. You know, what's interesting is that Netflix would even put out the social dilemma considering that they use an algorithm to show everybody shit that based off what they've watched. Netflix creates content by algorithm. Sure. They, they got a machine that's like, use this director for this type of thing and have these actors in it. Yes. And they go, okay, we'll, we'll build that. You know, what was interesting to me with Netflix is that they've, they've kind of become the home of a lot of like plant-based and, and pro-vegan documentaries like Forks Over Knives and The Game Changers. Yeah. They also have that meat eater hunting show on there, which we'll get back into hunting soon. <laughs> but a lot of the stuff in... Forks over knives, the game changers, and there's another one. It's it's all highly debatable and highly skewed to favor a plant-based yeah. diet. And I so for Netflix to put out a special that talks about how you're basically getting manipulated all the time, they've also put out shows that manipulate things also. Oh yeah. So the 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 fascinating thing about subscription-based services, right? So subscription-based entertainment. Uh, the fascinating thing about it is they don't need to cater their catalog to an in individual group of viewers. What they need to do is they need to have just enough material that you find extremely rare and hard to find so that you don't cancel your subscription. Mm. How, many, how many shows or how many movies would they have to throw you so that you don't cancel? One a month? One every other month? HBO plays this game too. It's like they well, want- They're like the OGs of it. Yeah, but if you watch their content now, it's, it's increasingly varied, but it's like, it's all very niche. And the whole point is yeah. they, just, they just want to capture a group of people and then give them just enough material to keep it going. Yeah, yeah. So HBO is interesting because they do seem to have a bit of a liberal tint, but uh, you know, Netflix I'd say doesn't. Netflix- I think Netflix has a pretty liberal tint. 
But I don't that know, could because... also that could also be what I'm seeing in my feed. That's true. Because I'm incredibly liberal. I'm so liberal. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I am pretty. I am pretty pretty freaking liberal. But yeah. I think by today's standards, I don't know if either you or I are liberal. It's a lot of socially liberal stuff, but it's not. It's not like leftist. It's not like they're not like promoting communism or anything right they're also not promoting capitalism on there really either well i mean they're a huge company that doesn't pay taxes so i would like to one day be a huge company that doesn't pay taxes. i'm trying to get there it's the american dream hey so here's some fun political uh i'll call these political uh conundrums right yeah political pickles right so trump's in a lot of hot water this week because of his taxes right right so he has two two possible defenses right he can either be broke and didn't didn't need to pay any taxes. Love it. Or or he's a guy that just cheats on his taxes. Well, the excuse that I've seen people making for him is don't blame him for using the loopholes that our government created. And then I saw somebody say, Obama's worth 150 million. He was building his fortune while he was in office. Are you gonna tell me that he didn't cheat on his taxes too? And this was on a Facebook thread that I read today. And the host of the thread wrote, Actually, no, he dis- he divulged his tax return. So, no, he didn't cheat on his taxes. <laughs> Whoops. So, yeah, uh, I think people are I think people are a little misinformed with with uh, the rich not paying taxes. It's not yeah. that they're not supposed to pay taxes. It's that they all cheat on their taxes. Correct. The fact that you're going all millionaires do it. My argument is let's throw all millionaires that do it in the clink. That's how they got Capone. That's how we should get billionaires. Just. Get them out of my face. Pay taxes or get the fuck out. I think we should kill rich people that don't pay their taxes. I don't know if you can say that. I just said it. You mean every rich person aside from the president. Why do you like Donald Trump so much all of a sudden? (laughs) Ah, I got you there. I'm not saying that maybe maybe you go back the last five years and find any guy that made over a million dollars that we think may or may not have cheated on his taxes. But I think going forward, they should make a new rule that says, hey, if you make over a million dollars a year and you're claiming a loss and you only paid $750 last year on your taxes and you're driving around in a Bentley with a chauffeur, you're going to the guillotine. I think that would stop a lot of those guys and be like, yo, every person that makes over a million dollars a year is getting audited every single year. And if your tax return looks reasonable, but if you're claiming that you're a billionaire, but you're claiming losses on your business for the last five years, you're getting the chair. I think I think killing them would... Uh, I think it would stop the problem. It might be frowned upon. Um, Look at you sticking up for the rich once again. No, no, no. Look, if... <laughs> Look, I don't think any millionaire should be publicly lynched unless it's on Netflix. You'd have to clip one rich guy like immediately. Be like, yo, we found him. We gave him 24 hours to get his taxes refiled. He didn't do it. He tried to lie again. We went to his house. He had five Rolls Royces. We decided that we were going to chop his head off in the, in the, on the Washington Monument. All right, great. So then all the rich people will be like, well, they didn't do, they're not going to do it again. What they got to do is wait like 11 days, 15 days, like an odd number. Not right away, but not too soon. Or just let them think that it's done and then get another one. And then they'll be like, oh, they're not messing around. And it has to be a rich person that's liked by other rich people. I could I could eliminate all that thievery real quick, right? I just did it. You, you for put very low cost. You put a ten percent tax on money transfers. Ten percent of all money transfers gets seized as tax revenue. That's it. That's the transfers end of, to where? That's the. It doesn't matter where because that's the end of offshoring. That's it. It's game over. It's not like they transfer the money from their personal checking account to their offshore bank account. They funnel that money so it never even touches them. Yeah, but you have to kill these people, Edmund. There's no <laughs> other way. I because they will get a, if you tell if you tell some sneaky co- rich cocksucker, okay, if they catch you transferring that money to your Swiss bank account, they're gonna tax you 10%. Right? 10% of that money that you're transferring out, you're still avoiding. 25 to 35 or so percent of the taxable money by putting That's it right. offshore. So you're getting away with a 10% tax. 
And then what they would probably do is you would probably never even touch that money. They would funnel it around a couple of times. Yeah, but that's the thing is every time it funnels, you charge them 10%. So the more yeah, that money who? moves- You have to charge the business? Yeah, you charge any wire transfer, 10%. Why can't we charge it 50%? If you charge them 50%, they're, they're just going to- Charge them at that taxable rate of that business then. If you, if you charge them 50%, they're going to start hiring people that will mule money around the country. And we'll kill them the too. You can't just kill everybody. Why Look, not? It's so, worked before. Let me uh, let me ask you this one. Ready? This right. is political pickle number two, right? Yeah. This is for the president now. Uh, coronavirus 2019, right? Pre- pretty big to do. Um, it was either his administration had a horrible, horrible response, an unplanned, terrible response that caused 200,000 people to die. Yep. Right from a naturally occurring virus, or because I've heard this argument made, the Chinese government manufactured a weapon against the rest of the world called coronavirus 2019, and the Trump administration dropped the ball on one of the worst terrorist attacks in history. That's their argument. They're torn between uh, we, we fucked up on a pandemic or we fucked up on a terrorism attack. Wow. It's uh, it's 100% not a terrorist attack. It doesn't matter though. Their it, argument you know, is No, 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 you're absolutely right. But like let's let's face it. It's it's 100% not a terrorist attack. Oh yeah. I mean I mean get, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like the Chinese don't have labs. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have labs, but there's no way that you could keep this thing going where it's just super contagious like Oh, we made a highly contagious. Like, come on! It would have died off if it was man-made, wouldn't it? It just doesn't even make sense. It's it's lame, is what it is. It's super lame. Yeah, super lame. It doesn't matter what it was because you could have stopped it either way. With watch you know, me eat my words on this in six months on the podcast. People are bringing it. <laughs> we did get attacked <laughs> when just when China completely eradicates our entire country. Yeah, I mean, we're doing a pretty good job of that ourselves. Especially when all the rich people are dead. That's going to be about 15% of the population. So that was actually a good segue into something I wanted to talk to you about. Have you ever noticed how uncultured the rich are? Describe. Describe. I need more. Well, so there's a couple different things. There's that old money. You're very bland. You have a butler. Blah, blah, blah. Like, they don't. You're Mitt Romney, like, if you will. Yeah. I don't know how a cash register works or what $10,000 is. Right. And you think that guy knows where to go get six street tacos at two in the morning? That guy doesn't know how to use a urinal. Oh, that's what I'm saying. So the, the interesting thing is that I found that well, there's a couple of things to it. I think that there's a lot of a lot of people in the middle class and, and in the lower class aspire to be rich. So they go after like luxury items, chasing money, stuff like that, kind of like the uh, nicer luxury, luxurious lifestyle. But what you're really trading up for is a super bland place where everybody's just bored because they don't have to really do anything, but there's no real cult, like country club culture. Would you rather be a member at a country club or just keep eating at like sick restaurants and being a middle-class guy and having a good culture and lifestyle? I've met wealthy people that are like, they'll talk to you about like the most average, like middle-class or like working class, like type of food, like a taco truck or like some sort of like Mexican street sandwich. They'll be like, and they have a sandwich and they put string beans in it, but the chicken's spicy. And it's like, yeah, no shit, motherfucker. I used to eat that shit because I was broke when I worked at City Sports. And you're talking about it like, it's like the next big thing because some big hotshot chef made one. It's like, yo, there's no culture up there. Would you rather be rich in money or rich in culture? Ah, you know, it's- answer but so i i don't particularly care for money i'm more interested in not doing anything um i like freedom to just waste my time whatever curiosity i come up with i just like to spend some time doing it you do like to work though i like to work but i don't like no one ever pays me for anything i want to do except Mm. for this podcast (laughs) cha-ching 
Is this podcast giving you a splitting headache? My head is literally throbbing right now. As Steve's voice is colliding with my own, all I can think is how much longer must I endure this agony? The answer is, not too much longer, thanks to the charming scientists at Advil Headache Medicine. I can take two sugar-coated pills of name-brand ibuprofen right now and relieve my pain in as little time as it takes for this podcast to end. With 200 milligrams of the good stuff per pill, Advil delivers twice the punch that half a Motrin could provide with twice the dosage. Don't just take our word for it. Consult with your doctor today and ask them if Advil is right for you because we're not legally permitted to say whether it is or whether it isn't. Because it is a drug and this is a podcast and we're not doctors, we're just podcasters. I I have decided that I don't know whether I would rather be rich in culture or rich in money because I'm not rich in money, so I'd have to try it to let you know. It's how crazy is it though that like some rich guy like around our age would try like street tacos for the first time and and think that he like discovered fire. Oh my god. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right though. The rich the rich alienate themselves from all the good stuff that society has to offer. Yeah. You ever think a rich person's gone down a water slide? <laughs> yeah, in their, for their at their own house. Yeah, but that's not like that's not like the water slides at Six Flags. No, they don't go to Six Flags. No, of or, course not. Probably never been on a roller coaster. They've definitely never been to a dive bar except for that one time in college when they were 15. You also you can't buy credibility. And rich people have no credit. If you were like born into money, you just, you can't. Oh, it's a garbage. You could have garbage. credibility. I think you could develop it if you weren't trying too hard. If you were, if you separated yourself from whatever was going on, you know, separate from your circumstances growing up. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person because you have money, but you can't buy credibility. Yeah. Although they try. Although credibility doesn't seem to be worth a whole lot because I have, I think you and me both have plenty of it. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of credibility, plenty of integrity, and not exactly plenty of money. I don't know. We do pretty well. Yeah, we do all right. You know, good enough to do what we want to do. I, yeah, I think a lot of rich people become prisoners of their of their fortune. Like, you're locked. You have this crazy house. I mean, I just... don't feel bad for them. No. Hey, everybody's got to live their own life, man. Some people know about the best uh, street sushi in Boston, and other people get to ride around in helicopters. Do you remember that couple that, where were they, in in Wisconsin that stood outside of their house with, with guns while protesters were going by? Yeah, the lawyers, the husband and the wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people are prisoners of their wealth. <laughs> <laughs> They're their own armed guards. They go, you can't come in our prison. Don't even Sounds think Sounds like about they don't it. have as much money as they think they do if they couldn't just hire their own oh, armed they, guards. A couple of garbage people. Scared of losing their loser house? Get out of here. Let them burn it down. Buy a new house. Be brave. If you're so rich, just let everybody burn it down. Go ahead, burn it down. I'll have a new one next week. I'll tell you what, if a bunch of protesters came to my house and we're going to burn it down, which for the record, those protesters were no threat to those people. They could have stayed inside and finished their fucking dinner. Uh, But if a bunch of protesters... I think they kind of put themselves into a situation. If a bunch of protesters did want to come to my house and burn it down, I'd be like, have at it, guys. Whatever. I'll get another house. Well, you're not crashing on my couch. I'm not. I'm not. Because you didn't hold down. You didn't stand your ground like a true American. I'm not a prisoner of my blood. You took out your compound bow that you took hunting last week and tried to fend off a crowd of 30 protesters. Um, Again, this goes back to my point earlier, though, that um there isn't there isn't the polarization in this country that people believe there is because when you talk to people about things that are actually tangible things there's not that much discrepancy between any groups of people in this country almost all people in this country believe in being able to make some money almost all people in this country believe that uh people need to start getting paid a little bit more and that billionaires need to make a little bit less there's a lot of agreement in this country, but they go, did you know that those assholes think that uh, you shouldn't be able to put Christmas trees on coffee yeah, cups okay, anymore? Yeah, there you go. I mean, they burn you on all the bullshit, but when you talk to people, the majority of people want the same stuff. They want affordable health care. They, you know, they don't want to break, they don't want to break the bank going to the fucking doctor. I want the war on Christmas to end once and for all. I thought, I thought, 
I thought for sure Trump would roll some tanks in the end that war. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was going to invade Starbucks. <laughs> you put that red coffee cup back where it belongs and put a crucifix on it for God's sake. That, that's literally people making problems where they don't exist. Cause I don't think that there's any type of like minority group that was campaigning to not have Christmas cups. What I think we could have done. Why can't we put a star of David on a Starbucks cup around the time of Hanukkah or Trump literally in a campaign speech in 2016, he said, uh, he said, people are going to say Merry Christmas again when he's president. I will wish my Jewish <laughs> friends a Merry Christmas. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and I wish I, I will. All, I have Jewish friends. and I message them on Hanukkah and Rosh Hashanah and say, hope you have a nice holiday. I'm not wishing anybody. I a have holiday. a Muslim friend. I will, I will say hi, uh, happy. I forget what the Muslim holiday is offhand. I, uh, Ramadan, you know? Yeah. Like. What is wrong with that? Why cannot? If you're not inviting me to your holiday or birthday party, I'm not wishing you anything. <laughs> That's because you're disrespectful. That's why no one invites you. Anyway. You have me over for dinner and I'll bring a bottle of whatever you drink, whether it's yeah. wine or uh, blessed spirits, whatever. Manish Manischewitz. Yeah. Holy water. I'll bring whatever sure. you drink. But if you're not inviting me to your shit, I'm not wishing you anything. Fuck you. I think you still wish me a happy birthday. I didn't invite you anywhere this year. Uh, in spirit. In spirit. You did. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a pandemic. Yeah, but I mean, what am I going to do? Wish everyone I know a happy birthday? It'd be like 10 a day. You and me are turning 40. Two days short of a month apart from each other next yeah, year. Yeah, old men. What should we do? What do, people, what do old men do? We're not old. Oh, you know what? I'll start going to the gym and just strip down to nothing. No, I mean, like, do you want to, like, go to fucking Hawaii or some shit? Uh, I'm... I don't want to talk about it the day-to-day, -day, I mean. I, I, I feel like if you and me are both... Like, when I turned 25, I was excited about the rental car discount. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, stop. I'm a big day-to-day -day kind of guy. At 40, oh, at 40 I think you, you really could just slowing walk... down. At 40, you could just walk around the locker room totally naked at the gym. And just strut in front of the oh, mirror. You're gonna be that guy. Fucking dominating. You're gonna be blow drying your hair naked when you don't use a blow dryer at home. <laughs> I've seen that. I've been like, yo, dude, nobody blow dries. I'm a barber. No guy blow dries their hair. It doesn't exist. <laughs> and this dude was just butt naked in the locker room, blow dry. I'm like, this dude's burning his scalp because he's just had the blow dryer on the front going like this. Yeah. He hasn't moved the blow dryer. Did he dry off his balls? Because after the gym, I mean, they could use it. I don't know. I didn't stick around long enough to find out. Well, yeah, th there you are again. Not much of a scientist over here. Doesn't want to observe the natural world. <laughs> yeah, I'll observe it from my ivory tower. Oh, yeah. So we're turning 40, right? Yeah. Um, well, I'll be honest. I think I think this pandemic's going to fuck up our 40th birthday, even though it's... Uh, it's not fucking up my birthday. Nine or ten months away. I think we might be okay. No, we're probably not. We're Dude... <laughs> Hey, Nobody gives a fuck. Okay. Nobody gives a fuck. After this winter, I mean, people are just going to be socializing indoors and this pandemic's going to go nuts this winter. I know people right now that are in Mexico that have to fly back and shit. And I have voucher flights to Mexico right now. And I'm like, well, do I want to use them? Well, not really, because I don't want to go on a plane for seven hours and have to wear a mask and gloves and all that dude. shit. I don't know, dude. We could have had this pandemic wrapped up in two months. Two fucking months. But we didn't because we're a free country. We're a weak people. <laughs> All you had to do is sit at home and order takeout. I did my part. I did my part. I sat at home. I watched takeout. I watched the shows. I went for the walks. I didn't see my friends or family. I did I did my part. You're a real patriot. I, I sure am. I'm still I'm still socially uh what's the word? Physically distanced. We we barely do anything. If we do anything or we meet up with any people, we basically quarantine for two weeks after. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know because... I live with a public health expert, though. If she gets sick or if she transmits it, it's going to be egg on all our faces. Oh, know? man. Imagine if Trump started using her in his campaign. Be like, look at this. This liberal health expert. <laughs> well, I mean, I cut hair for a living and I'm back to work and I'm doing everything that... And my yeah. shop is, and my wife's shop is. We're doing every, we're following everything to a T. 
I don't know. We haven't had any outbreaks in either of our shops. Not. And I think it's. I think it's. You know, when the when the pandemic first started, it was like there were extremely rigid rules because nobody knew how it was spreading. Yeah, they had to scale. They did do a blanket like a net of rules. Right, but all some of it back. But that kind of it kind of backfired because people go, "Oh, they lied about that." So now it doesn't live on the surfaces. It's like, yo, they we're trying to they figure didn't it out. Fucking no, but. Literally, all you have to do now is avoid enclosed spaces for prolonged periods of time, yeah. have well ventilation in any buildings you're in. Sure. And then wear a fucking mask. That's it. Wear a fucking mask. That's it. That's all you got to do. And this whole thing all goes away do. much faster. Much faster. And maybe not go to the beach with 50 of your friends. Yeah. Don't kiss on the lips. <laughs> I mean, it was a hot summer, too, after sitting inside for three months and people oh, were just God. like, fuck this shit. And you can't even say like, oh, it's just the people down south and in the Midwest because there was plenty of people in Boston that had no respect for any type of social distancing. Yeah. But I just think that there's probably, you know, it's not a big state. So it's not yeah, going to be I, as many I mean, people. I don't, that's, a, that's what I was saying earlier. It's not, the divide in this country is no longer regional. It's, it's all over the place. It's well, like, I, I really like your vision of a unified country, but guess what, pal? It's too late. <laughs> you're a day late and a dollar short no people are extremely skewed on a narrow range of topics they're, sure they're extremely polarized on a narrow it's all range bullshit of social issues it's all bullshit yeah you were lied it's to all bu- well i think sometimes too there are some people that well, I like know. i don't dude, even it's, yeah, it's you know, i'm even, not even gonna say it I'm if you get into it. it it's almost all bullshit like conservatives think liberals want to take away their guns it's not true oh, a lot of liberals you kind of want to a lot of liberals don't like they don't like semi-automatic rifles and they don't like handguns and that's about it i mean they like bazookas like <laughs> if you take away semi-automatic rifles and handguns what are they gonna what do you you can have a pistol but it can only have five shots but even that even that when you look at it real closely i mean liberals are split on it you know there's some sure. people that people are not that divided in this country what if we could come up with another way to eliminate mass shootings, no one would complain about guns, period. Yeah, I think Massachusetts, I mean, we haven't had one yet. Right. And I think that there's a reason for it because you can have guns, but they don't just let anybody have a gun and they don't have the lax gun laws at these big gun shows. Yeah. It's harder. It's harder to, it's a little bit harder to get a gun around here and it should be. Like people are trying to, people want to still stick to the constitution in its purest form dating back to when they first wrote it. And they'll be like, it's Amendment 2A. I'll be like, yeah, what's the other amendments? Right. They, they don't know. And it's like, all right, cool. So for instance, like um, one, one telltale sign that you're a risk to the public with a firearm is if you commit spousal abuse, right? If yeah, you physically, 100%. If you physically harm your, your, your partner, your sexual partner, your wife, whatever, those people are more likely to, to commit gun violence than anyone else. What's even more worrying, though, is, you know, gun violence, the, the biggest issue in this country of gun violence is actually suicides. So, like, people, people that have issues that, you know, point to them being potentially suicidal or people that uh, commit uh, spousal abuse or whatever, those are the people you need to keep guns away from primarily. If you did that, it would eliminate a lot of it. Yeah, well, I think... I think that people are scared of really is the random mass shootings. Like you just go to target and some dude just lights it up or they light up your kid's school. But how come we're not as up in arms when 40 people get killed a weekend in Chicago or St. Louis or Baltimore? Oh yeah. 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 Or Flint, Michigan. Well, That's where, that's where, that's where there's a lot of people trying to eliminate handguns because handguns are the number one uh, weapon used in city violence. Actually they're the, the, the biggest, weapon used in homicides in this country sure and the reason is is you can conceal it you can walk up right. on somebody where they don't know you have a gun and you can pull it out and shoot them if you walk right. up with a shotgun they're probably going to run the other way like when you said a deer would run away from me if it saw my shotgun so i should carry a handgun in the forest right <laughs> that was your argument that was your argument. so that i could sneak up on him and blast him <laughs> hey deer here's a here's a carrot and then pow Yep. Um, so, <laughs> did you know that a lot of a lot of part of the reason that a lot of murders in cities go unsolved 
is not just because residents tend to not agree uh, cooperate with the police as much, but because the cops did it. There's a lack of forensic <laughs> evidence. Yeah, because cops do it. Oh Jesus! Because there's a the lack of forensic evidence. Because you run up on somebody outside, you shoot them once or twice, and they're dead before the ambulance can get there. But there isn't DNA splattered all over the place because really you probably got about. 10 feet away from the guy. So there was never any direct contact. You're not yeah. inside a place where you're going to leave DNA, whether you want to or not. It's true. It's very it's true. A, it's, a, it's literally a fact. It's a hard caper to caper to solve. Yeah. And then, you know, generally, if you have warring groups of like gang members, they're probably all around the same age group, dressed similarly. And for the most part, probably closer in size than say, like if somebody has a problem with, I don't know, like their wife's cousin or like their boss. Right. It's a lot easier to identify a perp or a motive. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's uh, interesting. you know, the, the two biggest, uh, well, the two leading causes of, of uh, city violence, gang violence, whatever. I mean, prohibition against drugs and poverty, right? Yeah, I'd say poverty is the number one. But if you tie those two things together, you you have a you have a very poor population where you go. The only thing you can do to make a ton of money that's accessible to you, because we're not going to try to train you for anything or invest in your education or your future. The only the only option you really have is uh, sell drugs because we've we've made them all illegal and we made them all illegal to throw people of color in prison. I mean, that's why Nixon started the war on drugs to begin with. Right. Because he was like, oh, if we have a war, if we make these drugs illegal, we can throw all these people complaining about the Vietnam War in prison. And primarily, he was looking at blacks and hippies. 100%. If you look at marijuana laws, which prior to that were all state by state, um, they were all basically put in to eliminate or to throw Mexicans in jail. And almost all of our drug laws are tied to some overt racist agenda to throw minorities in prison. Um, but by making all the drugs illegal, you create a black market and that black market is fueled by people that are in poverty. And then you keep those populations in poverty. So it's like poverty and then prohibition of drugs. And you're talking about all this violence. I mean, when alcohol was illegal, you had all these, all these mobsters all over the country killing everybody and they eliminated prohibition of alcohol and guess what happened? Most of that violence went away. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not that complicated. It's just, we're unwilling to try anything new because someone told us a long time ago that this is the way it needs to be done. And it's idiotic. You know, it'd be crazy if there was gangs of rich people, like you hear about Chestnut Hill banging on Belmont Hill. For our listeners, those are Parts in the Boston area. Not in Boston, but around Boston. Boston Metro, Metro. Metro West. Like if Weston and Wellesley were banging on each other. He's talking about wealthy communities, gunfighting. That would be a, that would be a sight to see. I mean, they're all going to the guillotine. Yeah, wealthy people don't really need protection, though, because cops will show up at their house instantaneously. And also, army. or they have a gate to begin with, so it's not really a... Or, or they'll stand outside with their wife pointing guns at protesters. Like How wealthy were those people? Were they rich? I no, mean, I really, no. I really were lawyers, but... Anybody rich would have not been in their house. They wouldn't have been in that house. That's fucking lame. I, I, I will say, as someone, as a liberal person who's not anti-gun, I do think the amount that a lot of people everywhere identify as like gun people. I'm a gun guy. It's my second amendment, right? It's my right to bear arms. I could have this. Who can't tell me what I can and can't have. It's a little nutty. And I definitely think that there are wealthy people who stockpile weapons that would sure. love the opportunity, but I don't think it's a lot of them, but do I you do think, think they're proficient with those weapons. Cause that couple looked like a couple of amateurs. They didn't look like they knew how to fire those weapons. 50-50, because I, I do think there's a lot of people that are, I think part of the thing that comes with the I'm a gun guy thing is, I know how to responsibly own guns. I target shoot all the time, blah, blah, blah. If they were really that wealthy, they'd have access to going to like cool training grounds. It would be like a Navy SEAL game for them. Can I make a prediction right now? Go for it. That couple, what were they, like the McCluskeys or something? I, I don't know what their names were. Yeah. Well, whatever they were, right? My prediction is in the next 20 years, they will resurface in the news after one of them shoots the other one. Probably in the dick. I wouldn't bet against that. <laughs> 
one of them is going to open fire on the other one and they're going to make the news because these these types of people always come back in some horribly ironic way in the future yeah um i don't pay that close attention to one-off news stories like that because i find that that type of shit affects my overall happiness and it's not really news happiness huh yeah yeah it's a concept you should familiarize yourself with it i'm not rich in money but i'm rich in happiness i'm not rich in money but i'm rich in gold (laughs) (laughs) well i don't uh hey one thing about me is i am not i check the news a few times every day to see if there's anything major i do read things but I, i see like couple outside of the protests with the guns like it's super shitty but that got like almost as much coverage as that 18 year old asshole who killed the guy at the the protest in kenosha and then shot other people it's like that these two things like some asshole couple that should just kind of be ignored you know it's like i can understand why they weren't ignored because they were they were armed against peaceful protesters can you believe how long and how many of these protests are going on it's remarkable Like, like if if the majority if the federal government said moving forward any instance where a police officer kills someone in the line of duty or off duty right anytime anytime a person kills another person with excessive force or is that the word excessive force force yeah. in general if yeah. you if you if you kill somebody i think they rule it excessive force if you kill somebody directly right in any reason have a trial, right? That'd be like the end of 99% of those grievances. Have a trial. Sure. That's it. If if your argument is that like the police were defending themselves or whatever, great. Have it in the trial. See, you know what I don't like about that though? It doesn't change the culture of policing. It's just telling people you can't kill as many people. And I think that the problem is, is we're putting... Well, I think if there was a trial, if you kill somebody, it would it would make police departments a little bit more cautious about how they train people. Yes, that's what I wanted to get to. Is I, I think the training needs to be refocused entirely. Yeah. I feel I, bad. I you know, <laughs> I got to be careful, yeah, be careful with this. With but that one. yeah, no, I I do I do have sympathy for police in one one aspect, which is police are out on the streets doing basically what they were trained to do under certain rules that they were told. If you have police support to change their own institution, it doesn't mean it's getting changed because they don't, they don't have that power. And that like, obviously police that unnecessarily use force and everything else, I don't feel bad for them, but I'm just saying police as a profession do not have the power to change what they're doing. The pressure needs to be on politicians to change it the way the public wants it. One thing that I think is a problem for people that don't understand why people are so upset when you hear people and they go, well, you know, the police kill white people too, blah, blah, blah. They don't, I think there's different motivations for why people say that. But I think one of the thing is, one of the things is that it's like, yeah, the police killed a few people. Like, well, they killed more than a few people, but you see a few people get killed and you you're saying to yourself, well, what about the, thousands of arrests that went by without incident and there's five people that got killed and now there's major protests the people just don't understand it because they don't have any access to that anything outside of their bubble right which is a problem in itself but i think and it's weird to argue oh they kill lots of people (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) it's like well they they, we shouldn't yeah like that's horrible what are you but there's also i think for every one person that gets shot there's 20 that probably were beaten um unfairly yeah you know slapped on the back of the head or kicked or hit with a nights uh with a nightstick or a mag light or maced when they didn't need to be maced and i I think it's like yeah you see the murder and that is the absolute extreme but how many people were beaten up or you know you hear about people that got handcuffed and then beaten up at the station you know stuff like that but like systemic systemic racism which is at the at the root of a lot of this stuff I mean, it infiltrates, it infiltrates everywhere, right? So everything it's, it's, you know, you have redlining, you have, uh, you have skewed uh, court systems. I mean, if, if, if you're white, you're more likely to get a lawyer or if you have a public defender, they're more likely to tell you to go to trial. Right. 
if 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 you're a person of color, they tell you to plea out and go to jail, even though that may involve you never being able to vote again. And it it means that the next time you get touched on any kind of infraction, you go straight back to prison. There's also a fact that um, we've, you know, economically, we've depressed a large portion of people of color um, over the years through, through all kinds of, uh, you know, disincentives and other things. And then we've designed a police force that, uh, or not a police force, but uh, a policing culture that tends to focus on the poorer communities while avoiding the wealthier communities. You can find more drugs on a college campus than you can in any housing development in this country, but you'll never see cops rushing through and busting down doors and, and shooting people in a college because those people can afford lawyers. So that makes them, that makes them a pain in the ass for the alleged justice system. Right. So the whole, the whole system needs a reworking retooling and uh, you know, People are wildly uneducated about systematic racism and period. So, I mean, I think the the thing that's been frustrating for me is it's something that I've known about for years, 20 years. Like I've, I've always known about racism and how unfair minorities and particularly black people have treated in this country. So none of this is new to me. The concept of systemic racism was things that I studied in college as a major in sociology. So these things aren't debatable and people act like it's debatable. It's like it's not a de- it's not debatable and it's not new. You're just hearing about it. I just want to make the point that like a lot of people have opinions on these things in this country. Yeah. Um, to those of you who have never actually dug into the history on some of this stuff, um, you got some work to do because there's a lot of information out there. Uh, if you pick up a couple books, in fact, all those books have been bestsellers all year because of these protests. Uh, do yeah. some do some homework before you before you go out debating whether or not this country has a history of uh, systematic racist problems because uh, we certainly do and part of that reason part of the reason that they persist is because people don't understand what they are or how they work so educate yourself read read a book on the topic it'll blow your mind or come on the podcast and debate with us yeah come on the podcast debate with us we'll uh, let us ruin your week. We'll do it in person. We'll, we'll, we'll fight it out. Um, All right. I'll, I got to go cook. So right, we got to come up with a name. Um, I think it's going to be the top dollar show. We do need an outro still. Don't forget about that. We can't keep saying see you next Tuesday. It's offensive. Yeah. Are we recording the outro right now? No. We, <laughs> we, hey, we pal. Something separate. You want an outro? I got your outro right here.